Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 108, titled, The Power of the Tongue. As I mentioned in our last study, our tongue has great power and is an instrument we all misuse, if not kept under control. So let's begin our study today in James chapter 3, verse 3 through 12. Verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. In this passage of scripture, the Apostle James warns us of the dangers of the tongue. In verse 6, he called it a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. He continued to say the tongue defiles or corrupts the entire body. We should remember that in Matthew chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus taught us, it is not what goes into the mouth of a person that defiles them, but what comes out of their mouth that defiles them. And one of the best and well-known things that come out of the mouth of a person is words. Our words define and guide us. If we speak impulsively without thinking, people will question the truth of what we are saying. If we speak with a knowledgeable tone, people will believe we have understanding of what we're talking about. If you spend your time talking down to people, all you will see is the bad in others. If you talk about the good in others and in the situations you're in, you'll be seen as a positive and joyful person. Unfortunately, words can also be used to hurt others. Many children, when taunted by others, will say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Many of us will remember hearing that, or maybe even saying that, as a kid. But for all their pretended bravery, the names do hurt because words hurt. We can be hit, pushed, slapped, or be subject to any other physical abuse 
and we usually can get over it in time. The pain we feel from a slap is usually gone as the sting fades, but the hurt we feel from words may never fade. I have known people who still hurt from a name they were called 40 or 50 years ago. I consulted a father last year who brought up a painful conversation he had with his son, who talked about a title his dad gave him jokingly some 15 years earlier. The father didn't even remember the incident and said to his son, after all the compliments I have given you and all the times I've called you my amazing son, why would you remember that? The son replied, because that's the only one that hurt. We don't get over the emotional and psychological hurts as easy or as completely as we do our physical hurts. Because of our untamed tongue, we wound and injure the people around us. We are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And yet, how many of the insults that we throw at others would we want thrown at us? How much of the disrespect and slights that we send to others would we want others to send to us? The Apostle James told us that we put bits in the mouths of horses, and with that small bit we control the whole animal. Ships are controlled by a relatively small rudder. This can really be seen in the huge commercial tankers and cruise ships. Even if the ship is tossed about by wind and waves, the ship can be controlled by the helmsman controlling the rudder. James then makes the comparison. The tongue is very small in comparison to the whole body, but like the horse's bit or the ship's rudder, it can move the entire person. And if we're not careful, we can be moved into areas we did not intend to go, which often is the case. In verse 5, James tells us to consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. We all know that a small spark or a carelessly thrown match can cause a fire that burns many square miles of forest. And the tongue is also a fire with similar destructive power. With a small spark, just a word or two, the fire we can produce will burn for many years and cause much destruction. The tongue has the capability to not only build, but to use words to devastate. Words can take on a life of their own. Words spoken between two people will be heard by another, then another, then another. When I was in high school, we were told a story by a teacher that a student of this teacher's class had heard a rumor and suspected the teacher of doing something wrong. The student kept bad-mouthing the teacher and kept telling everyone of the suspected wrongdoing the teacher had done. Then the student found out it wasn't true and asked for forgiveness from the teacher, which the teacher gave. But the student, still feeling really bad, wanted to do something to correct the situation, to make things right. The teacher told the student to take some of the dead leaves outside and put one on each of the 30 cars in the parking lot. The student did what was asked, not understanding why the teacher made such a request. When the student returned, 
The teacher told the student to now go and gather all 30 of the leaves and bring them inside. Well, you can tell where this is going. The day was a little bit windy, and most, if not all, the dead leaves were blown away from all the cars. The student came in and told the teacher, I can't get them back. The teacher then replied, no, you can't. Now, most of us got the message, but if you consider that 30 years ago, bad-mouthing people caused plenty of pain and damage that we could not take back. But today, in today's age of social media, these words of hate and anger can be spread worldwide. Now, if there was no way to gather all the words we said when it was just word of mouth spreading them, how much harder is it now? We might post something on Facebook or Twitter and delete it two minutes later, but how much of a life did it get in those two minutes? How many people already saw it? And how many times was it reposted? James then said, we bless God and with the same tongue curse men. And this should not be. God loved us so much that to save us from the sins we commit, Jesus Christ came to us and removed our sins, claimed our sins as his own, and stood in our place, and the righteousness and holy punishment was poured out on him. Jesus suffered both death and hell, our just punishment, so that we wouldn't have to suffer and be separated from God. With this selfless act of love, this enormous outpouring of mercy, our relationship with God has been restored, and we have been forgiven our sins. God has reclaimed his creation, and we are his children again. But even though we know God has called us a royal people, a holy nation, we still use our tongue in an unholy and common manner. We will look at our neighbor and watch their actions and listen to them and talk and pass judgment on them using words to describe them like stupid, psychopath, idiot, moron, jerk, among the host of others. How can we, as faithful followers of God, curse and condemn those whom God has declared holy? Let's say that we condemn those who do not believe in God or have received his forgiveness. Jesus still died for them and are still special in God's eyes. But even though we know we shouldn't, our sinful nature still gets us to look at our neighbor with contempt and scorn. We don't see the forgiven sinner before us. We just see someone who is beneath our contempt and have an excuse ready for seeing them so. God has commanded us to not bear false witness against our neighbor. You may ask, well, what if what we say is not false? The person we are calling an idiot might really be an idiot. In situations like this, we have to remember God has also told us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And this, with the commandment, means we should not do or say anything that might tear down, embarrass, or degrade our neighbor. If we love our neighbor as ourselves, 
would we want said about us what we're about to say against our neighbor? More than likely, we would not. For when our hearts and minds give in to sin, it is the tongue that is first into action. Our hands and feet will respond only when we think about it, but the tongue seems to take action before we think about it. The tongue is too wild to accept the bit. It is not like the beasts of the earth that we can tame, but we can do our best to keep it on a leash. We can hold our tongue until we have had time to think about what we want to say, or to not say anything at all. The tongue is an unruly beast that has gotten many people into embarrassing situations and in some form of trouble. It carries out our desires to hurt people with the cruel accuracy and most times with our deepest regrets. The words we say cannot be taken back and many times our apologies do not ease the pain we have caused. But more than that, we cause God to grieve our actions. God has loved us enough to offer salvation to all people to save them so he can declare them holy and his children. I want to close our time today with this verse from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This verse alone should compel and guide us with our quest in the taming and proper use of our tongue.